Well, um, you know, for this past month, I mean, we have had, by, led by the Holy Spirit, quite an emphasis on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it is, what the gifts of tongues, gift, the gift of tongues is, what the prayer language of tongues is, separate from the gift enumerated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, um, and Pastor Jeff's going to talk some more about uh, the gift of tongues this morning. And, and, uh, but I felt very directed of the Lord Wednesday night at Soaking and Seeking um, that there is now even further direction of where we're going from here as a church and uh, some emphasis. Now, that doesn't mean that we haven't been here before, but you know, the Holy Spirit places emphasis on certain things at certain times for His reasons. Amen? And uh, as He's been placing this wonderful emphasis on... Actually, it started with first things first, maybe last October, November, and we've been going on that, and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the first things first after a person gets born again. And, uh, but what I want to point out to us as Genesis Community Church this morning, and that I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us, is that we're to have the goal of being a supernatural church. Everybody say supernatural church. You know, um, sometimes we take that for granted. But I think we are to be putting some emphasis on that. So here's what the word supernatural means from Webster's. And there is a, you know, there is a side of the supernatural that is not godly. But we're talking about the godly side of the supernatural. And it means departing from what is usual or normal, especially so as to appear to transcend the laws of nature. In other words, that doesn't go along with the laws of nature. And it's attributed to an invisible agent. You all know who that is? We got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we're expecting to be a supernatural church where things happen beyond our ability, beyond the ability of nature, and produced by the invisible agent of the Lord our God. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning I was reading some things on the internet about um, what other people were saying about the supernatural church. And this was from one writer and I really uh, appreciated this. So I'm just going to read it to you. It says, we must go from attending church and catering to a Sunday morning Christianity and move into being the church. A mighty supernatural army filled with power and equipped to advance and establish the kingdom of God throughout the earth. We need to understand that when we received salvation and were born again, we didn't join a social club or a world religion called Christianity. We were regenerated and inhabited by a supernatural God who came to mingle with our spirit and transform us into a new creature with a heavenly nature. The very DNA of God now residing in us. Whew. Just park on that a minute. The very DNA of God residing in us. The real church is not a building, a denomination, or a club. The real church is a living, breathing, supernatural, heavenly, new creation entity which carries and manifests the very kingdom of God on this earth. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. 
Amen. You are not a building. You are not a denomination. You are not a club. You're a living, breathing, supernatural. Everybody say, I'm supernatural. Heavenly, new creation entity who carries and manifests the very kingdom of God on this earth. Now, of course, the way that happens is as we're being led by the Spirit of God and by operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll have verse 1 up on the screen. And then uh, whoever's running the scriptures after that will go straight to verses 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And uh, we're going to be reading this out of the uh, English Standard. You there? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. And Pastor Jeff's repeated and repeated these scriptures the last few weeks. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. Now, verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts. So these are the gifts that he wants us to be informed about. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Everybody say everyone. Say, I am an everyone. To each. Everybody say, each. Each. Say, I am an each. each. Therefore, these next verses are for you. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one, say, I'm a one, is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Everybody say, I am in each one. Do you realize that that means that you possess right this minute one of the nine gifts of the Spirit? Have you operated in it? Whoa! (laughs) Heavy duty question, isn't it? Now, you know, since the Spirit distributes them as He wills and when He wills, we don't have complete control over when those manifestations of those gifts are going to occur. But we need to get on to this. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. We got that up on the screen, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. It says to us, but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet I show unto you a more excellent way and that more excellent way is love but here's the point I covet earnestly the best gifts so it's our job to number one recognize that the scripture says that the spirit imparts to each one of us one of his nine gifts of the spirit once you've been filled with the spirit the second thing to realize is that we've got to covet it we've got to say Lord use me Now, I find that a lot of times people are saying, but I'm afraid, or but why would God use me, or but I don't want to make a mistake. I certainly wouldn't want to hurt anybody by saying one thing and then it's not right or something like that. 
And, you know, I am remembering the uh, parable of the talents. Remember where the Lord came and he gave one man five talents and one man two and one man one talent. And then he went on and away. And, went, and then the, five, the men with the five talents invested it and did something. It grew to be ten. And the man with the two talents invested it and it grew to be two. And the man with the one talent said, when the Lord came back and said, what have you done? He said, but Lord, I was afraid. So I did nothing with it. So when you and I are saying, I am afraid to use what God is giving me, or why would he use me, which is another I am a way of saying I am afraid, then you're like the man with the one talent. And when the Lord comes back, unfortunately what the Lord said to the man with the one talent who didn't invest, he said, you wicked and lazy servant. Now see, we would think, well, gosh, if I'm afraid or if I don't want to make a mistake, that's healthy. No, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. We've got to come to a place where we realize that the, you are a born-again, new creation entity with the very DNA of God residing on the inside of you that He wants to use you. That there are people you will touch that I will never touch. A, husbands and wives, there are people you will touch that your spouse will never touch. I remember years ago, and I've told some of these testimonies so many times, I don't know how many of you have heard them 20 times, it's okay, you'll have to hear them again. But I remember years ago when we were first married, and Jeff had been saved for several years before me, he'd already, he was young, but he'd already been preaching and, and holding Bible studies and led a lot of people to the Lord, and, and so, you know, I was looking to him to guide me, and I remember we were in a restaurant, and I felt prompted of the Lord to talk to this woman, to the waitress about the Lord. And so I said to Jeff, I think we should talk to this woman about the Lord and tell her about Jesus. And he said nothing. Anybody of you all know? Anyway, ever been around him when he said nothing? Okay, so anyway, and he said nothing. And I sat there and she came back to the table and I thought for sure he would say something to her. And she left. And so I said again, you know, I really think we need to talk to her about Jesus. And he said nothing and she came back to the table and he said nothing again to her. And so then she left, and we got done eating, and we left. Well, this happened another time in line for a buffet restaurant one time, and the very same sort of thing happened. And it was after it happened twice that I finally got the picture. The reason he said nothing is because he wasn't prompted. I was the one prompted. I was the one who was supposed to open my mouth and speak to these people, not him. God spoke to me. So spouses who are blaming your spouse for the reason why you're not moving in your gifts, you got the picture. Amen. <laughs> we're to desire earnestly. Now, if we're going to be a supernatural church, being led by the Spirit is supernatural, and that is available to anyone who's born again and who's willing to seek God and His Word and to grow in maturity, and you will be led by the Spirit. And that is a supernatural thing. Um, 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 Debbie, I believe. No, it wasn't Debbie. Who told me the other night? Somebody said, oh, 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 it might have been when I was over at Kingdom Life. I can't remember. But somebody said, well, you know, 
Kim, it was you yesterday. You were saying that, you know, every morning I'm, I'm going to church. I mean, I'm going to work. I know the Lord is with me and I get there. And so many times he's leading me in things that happen throughout the day. I know it's not me. That's being supernatural. And it doesn't, and it may be the gifts of the spirit, but it doesn't even have to be the gifts of the spirit to be led, to be a mature Christian led by the spirit and see supernatural things happen in our midst. Amen. But there's also the gifts of the Holy Spirit that come with power, as in on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came with power, that is also available to you and to me when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe, and my observation is, that possibly the primary portal to which we begin to move in any of the nine gifts as the Spirit would have us do starts with our prayer language. Because we see so many people in the New Testament when they're filled with the Spirit, the first thing that happened is they began to speak in their prayer language. Now, I don't know, I don't think that's an absolute doctrine, but I do observe that I think that that is a first place of where we surrender ourselves entirely and surrender our minds and surrender our control to the Holy Spirit and we make way then for the Holy Spirit to, as we're filled with the Spirit, use our prayer language. It seems to be a portal through which then the rest of the gifts can begin to move through us. So I find it very important to pray in our prayer language. Um, I also believe the other vocal gifts, uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, tongues and interpretation. I believe those are also some of the first gifts that can operate in a person, especially especially prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. And we're going to talk more about that in weeks to come. Um, and we see these things operating clearly in Scripture throughout the church. And there's got to be some order to it in the church. But secondly, we see it clearly operating outside the church. This is an evangelistic tool. The gifts of the Spirit are a way to reach the world. When you're in a life group and a guest is there and you can tell them something about their lives that you had no way of knowing, don't you think that's going to get their attention? When you're going to celebrate life, which is our new ministry that we're going to be doing in the schools and reaching young people, and those of you who are going to do celebrate life, and you can pray for one of these young people and they get healed on the spot, don't you think that's going to get their attention? You see, we need to use these gifts in our neighborhood, on the job, uh, at the soccer field, at the concert, wherever we go. And so we need to be coveting earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. And one other thing I want to say before I wrap this up. You know, some of us think, but me? But I don't have this together yet. Why would God want to use me? Well, I want to be clear about something. In this church, we do not believe that we minister from a place of perfection. There is one who is perfect. His name is Jesus. And we are not him. We have the DNA of God, but we are still not God. There is only one God. It's not us. Thus, we are not perfect. And we will never, ever, ever minister from a place of perfection. We minister from a place of brokenness, folks. Every one of us in this room is a broken vessel. None of us have our lives entirely together at all. The other night some people were here on Wednesday night and said something complimentary to me, which was really nice and it did encourage me. But all of a sudden I went, now don't be putting me on a pedestal. Believe me, I don't deserve to be on a pedestal. My life, I didn't say this, but I'll say it this morning, my life is broken. 
My, don't ever put your pastors on a pedestal. Because then you're going to have a great fall when you find out that we have imperfections because we do. There's only one perfect, person perfect, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We all minister out of imperfection. Now, we want to grow and we want to learn and we want to improve and we want to know Jesus more and we want to press in. I'm not negating any of those things. We all should be rising and rising to higher standards, but we will always minister from a place of brokenness. I mean, after all, let's just look at what God used in the Bible. He used, he used every old kind of person. He used the tax collector who was hated. He used the fisherman. And quite honestly, in the Old Testament, he used the jackass. Amen? <laughs> and if he can use a jackass in the Old Testament, he can use a jackass today. Hallelujah. So, we want to covet earnestly the best gifts and know that God wants to use us. So, there's going to be two opportunities and I want to tell you about that are coming up in the month, starting in the month of February here, for us to really push forward in, and impress into being a supernatural church and press into coveting the gifts of the Spirit. 